Welcome to the LarryInFishers.com podcast. I'm Larry Lannon. This is a chance for local people or people with a local connection to sit down and talk about what is going on with them in the Fishers community. This is a part of my local Fishers Indiana News blog that began in January of 2012. I started these podcasts in 2016 and have been going ever since. Now, here's the latest edition of the LarryInFishers.com podcast. I'm at the Hamilton East Library in downtown Fishers, and it's always good to welcome back two ladies who've been on my podcast before. Stephanie Perry is Assistant Director of Public Relations for the City of Fishers, and Sarah Sanquist is Park and Recreation Department Director for the City as well. Ladies, welcome once again. It's holiday season. Always good to talk about that. But before we get to holiday season, and before we get to mostly what we're talking about today, I want to start with Sarah, because Sarah, we're recording this on November 21st, a Monday. On the previous Saturday, you had the Geist Waterfront Park preview evening, I would call it, not night. (laughs) If it had been night, it would have been, that was the windiest, coldest day in November I can remember. And yet, you had that. I was out there taking pictures, and I wasn't out there long. I'm not young enough to really handle that too but you had it from four until six i was there from about four to four forty-five, and you had quite a crowd considering the weather conditions we did we uh we probably saw about we were estimating four to five hundred people on saturday uh very excited to show off the park we finished uh construction several months early And um, we just wanted to throw a little party and say, hey, here's what you can come back to in the spring when we open um, officially. And people were ready to come. They were dressed appropriately. They played on the playground. And even after 6 p.m. when we were doing cleanup, um, the gates were still open and we had a light tower at the entrance. And there were still cars driving through, kind of circling around saying, what's what's happening here? We want to come in and see. Yeah, something, the timing of finishing that was something because uh, the construction is done, all you need is the weather. And the right. weather, <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> we're heading into winter and the weather isn't there. But I think it was exciting. People were clearly interested because they showed four or 500 people on a windy, cold day where the air temperature was 32. I don't want to think about the wind chill factor. It was it was a little chilly. Yeah, for me it was. Now, now I want to ask Stephanie this because uh, – Obviously, the park uh, will open in the spring. Do we have any preliminary plans on on how we're going to open the park up? Yeah, so we've been talking with parks about we were looking at a duck drop originally for this this soft opening in November. But, you know, we thought it might be a little chilly and it might be more fun to do that as long as along with our big ribbon cutting in March. So stay tuned for more information on that. And the next summer, the beach will be open and we expect big crowds. So we're really excited. Our second beach, we also have the other beach at Saxony, right? Yep. So this will be will, will you uh, Sarah will you need to uh, to show any ID to get into to Geist Waterfront Park once it's op- it opened in the in the spring. Yes, so the park will be free for residents 
and then uh, there will be a per car charge for non-residents. Later in the uh, January, February, we will be rolling out a campaign to uh, get everybody, all of the residents, the credentials that they need. Um, it'll most likely be an app that they'll log into and then show that at the entrance and that'll uh, permit them to come inside. I've heard there are plans for that for the community center, which is still, the plans are still underway. I know that your your department is very involved, and I'm sure, Stephanie, mm-hmm. your department gets briefed because I saw some of the uh, uh, renderings that were shown by the mayor yep. at the State of the City address. That's the first time I'd seen that. That looks like a very exciting facility, so you'll need a credential to get in there as well at some point, right? Correct. The yeah. community center will be membership-based, and uh, our intent is that that same credential that you have for Geist Waterfront Park will also uh, work at the community center. So there's a one-stop shop Excellent. for all of that. So that's all uh, to be determined as we, we move along. Well, let's talk about what's coming up, at least from – we never know when people are going to listen to a podcast, but at least from the date that we were recording this um, – we're in the middle of World Cup. In fact, the World Cup uh, started uh, the day before I and mean, really is getting started in earnest uh, on this Monday, the 21st. And uh, there are going to be some World Cup watch parties coming up. So who wants to talk about that? We're going to have I can Sit, talk about well, Stephanie, it. talk about that. Yeah, so we were excited. We thought we would kind of take advantage of this awesome uh, global event and really create a place in our community along with the great restaurants and bars that are already doing things for people to come together completely free and watch the World Cup. So on Friday the 25th, we will have a viewing party at the Nickel Plate District Amp. It's completely free. Bring your blankets, lawn chairs. Hopefully it's not too chilly. Um, and we'll have on-site vendors, and you can watch the World Cup on the big screen. And we will do the same thing on Tuesday the 29th um, when we play Iran. So come on out and join your fellow uh, residents. And, you know, afterwards you can walk around and maybe shop local as part of the shop fishers. Um, shop and dine local before or after the game. You know, Sarah, it's a big deal. I mean, I, it's amazing to me that uh, in Fishers, and of course, I, we were talking before we started here, you know, my daughters are 28, but they played soccer when they were young here. Your kids, your youngsters are playing probably, if they're not playing soccer, they're watching other people play soccer. Because mm-hmm. my, my young ones were my twin girls, uh, they were, I would take them to the park and they they just stared at everybody playing soccer. You know, something important's happening here. And they eventually became players themselves. But getting into World Cup, bringing uh, the city into World Cup, this is the first time. This is the first time, yes, that we're hosting these watch parties. And, you know, this is a global event. And so we want to celebrate that and, and just invite the community to have a place to watch these games. And I think Fishers is much more of a global city than it was when I mm-hmm. moved here in 1991. Uh, you know, there are so many people who are from other places, yeah. Stephanie, where the World Cup is a bigger deal than it is here. Oh, definitely. And I mean, I think in all of our efforts in the past few years, um, celebrating the diversity in our community, and we launched a cultural events subcommittee, and we found so many residents um, from different areas celebrating different holidays and religions. So we've been really excited to showcase that as well. Hey, you know, I, I, the day we're recording this, USA is going to play uh, Wales, then they're mm-hmm. playing England. I didn't even know England and Wales had separate <laughs> soccer teams until just the other day. In fact, I think I was telling you that Wales, ha- as a separate soccer club, had not been in the World Cup since 1958. So they're going to be excited to be there. Of course, USA missed it the last time around, we, but our men's team has, has qualified for the Cup. So again, that's uh, November 25th, then the 29th. Both are at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. 
bring a blanket or two or three, depending on how cold <laughs> it might be that day and how windy it might be. So this is something new, and I'm really curious to see how many yeah. people, and the weather might have something to do with it, but just how many people decide to uh, uh, avail themselves of, of that event. I want to move on to something else. You know, I was a big fan as a when I was a kid, when I first got my driver's license in ancient times. Um, drive-in movies were a favorite <laughs> of mine. Of course, they've pretty much gone. There are very few of them left. But there's a Fisher's Carpool Cinema that's coming to Holland Park. Which Who wants to talk about that? I can take that one Stephanie, again. Okay. Um, this is a new event this year, another kind of pop-up event around the holidays. So we will be using the same big screen uh, that we have for the World Cup and kind of finding out other ways that we can uh, engage our residents. So at Holland Park, we will show a double feature of Cool Runnings and Elf this Friday, November 25th. It's only $3 a car, so very affordable. So pile in. We will have vendors on site or you can bring your own you know hot chocolate and snacks um and so you do need to register for that so make sure you check out our website you can find that all on play fishers Mm -hmm. uh but that's a new just kind of fun event so we're trying to find new ways to bring the community together around the holiday season Yes, I'm old enough to remember when you went to a drive-in movie, you had to put the speaker in the car. <laughs> That's how old I am. But now you just listen uh, through your uh, radio. Radio, yeah. Right? It's just very easy yep. to get that. Okay, so that's uh, Friday, November 25th, Holland Park. And which, if I may ask, which, which, how, uh, which direction? Uh, will the screen be facing? Do you know yet? That is a question I do not know the answer okay, to. Okay, so they'll decide. What yeah. And so you'll line up the cars, so they'll be obviously looking straight yeah, at so the screen. Yeah, so we're trying to get the maximum amount of cars. So I think we have room for 50 cars. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously we want to accommodate some vendors selling you know, hot chocolate and things like that as well. You know, for years at City Hall, I would go into City Hall on the first floor. There was always Santa's mailbox. <laughs> Well, unfortunately, we don't have City Hall for the time being. We're going to have to wait until another year or two before the new City Hall Arts Center is finished and, and available to all of you. And, and the city staff has kind of uh, diversified. They're all different places. So now, how is Santa's mailbox going to be handled? You want to take that, Sarah? Well, you know, we um, have a direct line up to Santa, and um, he welcomes uh letters from children within Fishers and and beyond. And so um, we have decided that we will place two mailboxes in Fishers. One is going to be located uh, on the Nickel Plate Trail, directly across from the swings. And then we'll have a second box uh, right outside of the park's offices at the Hub and Spoke building. And um, opportunities to write a letter to Santa and then um, for us to get them up to the North Pole and for him to send a response um, begins on Friday, November 25th, and then we'll go through uh, Friday, December 16th. And also, Santa accepts emails. Um, well, that's something Very text So if you want to submit an email, you can just send it to santa at fishers.in.us. Very good. I have a two-year-old grandson now, and he's uh, already at age two uh, enamored with both Santa Claus and Frosty the Snowman. So I'm sure, you know, it starts at a young age these yes. days. So Santa's mailbox is still around. You don't have to have City Hall to have Santa's mailbox. Or you can always get an email. You don't even have to put mm-hmm. it in the mailbox. It's going to be on the trail, and it's going to be at Hub and Spoke. By the way, you've had your uh, – Sarah, you've had your headquarters for Park and Recreation at Hub and Spoke for a while now. How's that working out for you? It's really great. 
we really like uh, being close to the trail, being close to downtown. Um, it's it's great. It's really nice to work in a beautiful building like Hub and Spoke as well too, and uh, to have our team all together. You know, I, I'm part of what's called HSC Engaged, which is a way for citizens to kind of get to know the school system more. And they had one session at Hub and Spoke, and we got a chance to see what's there in this little workshop where students go in with teachers and create things, 3D printers, you name it. And I think the Parks Department has a lot to do with that program, doesn't it? They do, we or we do. Um, we really enjoy the partnership that we have with HSC schools. So at Hub and Spoke and in the Maker Playground, we have a fifth grade uh, group. So every fifth grader comes to the Maker Playground twice a year for STEM-based learning and hands-on um, activities. And then we also do the same at um, the Agri Park with second graders and then in first grade uh, at Ritchie Woods Nature Preserve. And so you've got three different ways. Every time I've been Hub and Spoke... <clears throat> Excuse me, those students are in there. Yes. So it's always lively. It's busy all <laughs> day. They're there Monday through Friday, and the teacher in residence is wonderful. Well, let me move to to, uh, to uh, Stephanie because one of the big projects you have every year is Shop Fishers, and it starts uh, on Small Business Saturday, which is November 26th, the Saturday after Thanksgiving, and really goes through the end of, of the calendar year. So... Uh, I was looking at the listing of the number of businesses mm-hmm. involved. You have grown that to a much larger list, haven't you? Oh, yes. When I started about five years ago, I think we had about 30 to 40 um, businesses as part of Shop Fishers. It was a one-day only event. And since then, we've expanded to up to almost 80 businesses uh, citywide, not just in the Nickel Plate District. And we've uh, stretched the event through the end of the year and implemented the Giving Tuesday event uh, in conjunction. So it's really grown. We have such great support from the businesses and community. And every year I'm excited to see new businesses uh, join the pack. So the last number I saw was 70. Is that right? Um, So we have a few more, but yep, right around um, 70 to 80 businesses um, online and um, brick and mortar. We have everything from restaurants and coffee shops to fitness centers, boutiques, uh, garden centers, all over. Well, I know that would be impossible to to go over all 70. (laughs) I'm not going to ask you to do that. But give me some flavor, some ideas of the sorts of things shoppers might experience during this period. Yeah. So um, we have kind of our uh, standbys that have been with us since the beginning. So Blue Peppermint Boutique is coming back. Roman and Leo is having a great 20% off the entire store, their biggest sale of the year, Handles. Uh, ice cream, four-day ray. Um, this year, we have some um, new businesses who aren't new to Fishers, but new to shop. Peterson's has a great gift card deal. Um, River Glen Country Club, we're excited to see them join the list. Um, Prodigy Burger Bar, and then some online businesses. So, you know, business owners who live here in Fishers. And it should be noted that uh, there are Obviously, businesses that are obviously owned by a single individual living in Fishers, but there are a lot of franchise owners. Exactly. So you may see a national brand, but that owner may be right here. Yeah, Handles is a great example of that. Greg, the owner, um, he has the Carmel and Fisher stores. Great, um, you know, owner of a franchise, but we celebrate them as a local business. Brewster's Ice Cream that opened on Olio this year um, is joined. Um, so, and then we have some. Um, that uh, like a 101 beer kitchen or agave bar and grill that maybe are more um, central Midwest, but still a franchise. Well, you mentioned Giving Tuesday, mm-hmm. and uh, 
I think Giving Tuesday is something that has been not around that long. It's been around for a while, but it hasn't received a lot of publicity until yeah. recent years. And uh, for those who don't know much about Giving Tuesday, or maybe you've heard of it but aren't sure what that means, explain that. Yeah, so it is a national celebration um, of giving back and generosity. And so typically it's a way to support nonprofits, um, either through monetary donations or volunteerism. So what we did for SHOP is we took participating SHOP Fishers businesses who are already part of the series, and we paired them with a local nonprofit that serves the Fishers community. So there has to be a Fishers tie. Not all the shop businesses are part of it. There's about 20 or so, I believe. But great nonprofits like the Humane Society of Hamilton County, Youth Mentoring Initiative, Hamilton Southeastern Education Foundation. So you can shop and dine local and support the local business while also giving back to the nonprofit. If you're on a mailing list for a nonprofit, your (laughs) inbox has been getting heavier because they're letting you know that. And you know, Sarah, your your department not only will accept donations, obviously, although your city supports and tax supported, uh, you partner with a lot of nonprofits. So I'm sure this is an important time for your operation as well. We do, and the partnerships are really vital. Um, and uh, uh, on Tuesday, the Giving Tuesday, we um, would really enjoy uh, donations to our Parks Foundation, our Parks and Recreation Foundation, um, which directly supports our operations and um, sometimes helps with capital projects that aren't really at the top of our priority list, but um, they're able to achieve, um, you know, enhancements to our park spaces. Yeah, the foundation has been around for a while, and I know you depend on them for certain kinds of projects that either the city cannot fund or maybe just because of laws and regulations may not be able to fund. They also are the main contributor of our scholarship fund. So uh, we have, we Uh, give out scholarships every summer for summer camp and um, that support is coming directly from the Fishers Parks and Recreation Foundation. So Giving Tuesday is the Tuesday after Thanksgiving. That is November 29th. If you have a nonprofit or more than one nonprofit, uh, they want you to think about them. Uh, on Giving Tuesday, and the city, of course, is, is tying that into Shop yeah. Fishers, right, Stephanie? Yes, and um, there are other be- ways you can donate beyond just Shop. So we actually, on our landing page, is this is fishers.com slash Giving Tuesday. You can find other nonprofits around Hamilton County if you're trying to find something that maybe suits your interest, as well as volunteer efforts. And we also have food pantry um, item requests on there. So what our current food pantries need for the holidays. So it's kind of your, your stop for all things local Giving Tuesday. I want to go to Sarah because uh, only a few times have I been on the Nickel Plate Trail at night. But there's some neat lighting just in, in any time of year on the Nickel Plate Trail, I think the lighting is kind of nice. It's it's a it's it's done differently, and I and I especially the downtown area. But you go a step further during the Christmas season, and there's going to be a holiday light display, and I believe the trail's going to be a, a center part of that. Correct? That's correct. So just on the construction of the Nickel Plate Trail, we were I appreciate that you've noticed it because we were very intentional on the lighting choices that we made, especially in the downtown core. That's where the lights are uh, primarily. So we have lighted rails. We have um, various types of lights. We have overhead lights. We have kind of the lightsabers um, that light the the distance between South Street and North Street. Um, But we are adding to that for the holiday season and uh, 
will have light displays, um, and we're further activating the trail on a couple specific days. So we want the community to come out throughout the month of December when the lights will be on. Um, you can enjoy the trail and then come specifically to uh, the trail on December 3rd, 2nd, 3rd, 9th, and 10th, where we will have uh, music and roving entertainment and food trucks um, to further uh, elevate that experience. Can you give us an idea what type of lighting you're planning for the holiday season? Oh, all types. Um, okay. So we've decorated up the existing lighting that's there and um, have added enhanced lighting uh, throughout the downtown portion. I think the trail, Stephanie, when it comes to your area of public mm -hmm. relations and so forth, just how much the trail has added to oh, yes. the downtown area and the whole length of it. I. I, I, I got a chance one time to visit the mayor at his digs at uh, First Internet Bank. Uh -huh. and I think the, what he likes most about his office, he can look out the window and he can see the mm -hmm. trail and he can see how many people are using it. And just the times I come downtown to, to do, you know, conduct business for my blog or my podcast or whatever – and when the weather is good, I, that is always busy. I was oh, just is. shocked about how Even busy Even when the been. weather is not good, um, I'm a frequent runner on the trail. And, um, you know, all types of day, um, no matter what the weather, I see people, you know, biking and walking. And especially when we have events downtown in the summer with farmer's market and concerts, it was so great to, you know, if you didn't want to deal with parking, you could just stroll down the trail. And we're working on some new trail hubs. So stay tuned for that. Well, and also I, I would urge people to be careful when they're driving along that trail because uh, – well, especially I, where I live in town, I, I cross 131st and 141st at the trail. And I always slow down and look. People sometimes are good about uh, punching the, the, the button yes. for the light and sometimes they're not. So you just have to be on the lookout Yeah, there's for been a lot of confusion over that. Um, we actually made a video, if you are curious, on how to use the trail and the crosswalks. It's on our Nickel Plate Trail website because we want to make sure that everyone is being safe. But we always tell pedestrians, make sure you hit that yellow button before you cross. Mm -hmm. Here's, Sarah, here's a question that people still ask me for some reason. I think you've answered it, but I'm going to give you a chance to do it again. If it snows or there is ice, will the trail be cleared off? It will winter? be. Okay. Yes, it will be. Thanks to our wonderful Department of Public Works, the trail will be plowed. Okay. It's not going to be the first thing that gets plowed. We obviously <laughs> you know, have a list of hierarchy of of what um, gets to be plowed first, but it is in the list. So you will eventually it will if it's not right away. Mm -hmm. yes. It's on the list to get done. Yes. So uh, the people yeah. you running in, in the cold weather, not my thing, but some <laughs> people do. Apparently it's your thing. Yeah, Stephanie. I went on a run yesterday, just bundled on up. So <laughs> I guess if you're running and you, you're bundled up well and yep. you keep the heat inside you know, yep. the body, it, it's not as yeah. bad in that case. It's so, good. Right. Yeah, they want to focus on back to DPW, you know, our neighborhoods and getting people out mm -hmm. of their neighborhoods first, but then they will get the trail. Uh, I want to ask about, about a map for holiday lights because when I was younger, uh, in the neighborhoods where I lived, everybody sort of knew where the well, the great light displays were because <laughs> yeah. we all drove around at the light displays. And I can remember the, the days when we, we had that over at the Farm Implement Company uh, off of 126th yep. Street and uh, it would back up. And they've now donated those mm -hmm. lights to Connor Prairie, so mm -hmm. they're still around. But uh, I just remember always trying to figure out where are the best 
Christmas yeah. lights. Well, now there's a map to tell you that. Who wants to talk about the map? Yeah, I can talk about that. That's something that we rolled out a few years ago. Um, I believe it was right around 2020 when we were kind of just trying to figure out ways to give the community things to do that were maybe socially distanced. And we saw a need. We saw people asking in, you know, the Facebook groups and um, at events, like, do you have a listing of lights? So we tried it out and we weren't sure how many people would submit their own house um, if they would be nervous about privacy and people. People embraced it, and um, it's a online digital map, so it's always changing. Check back before you, you know, pile in the car. But it has a photo of the display and the address. Um, but yeah, it's just a great way you can get some friends, some hot chocolate, and drive around on a cold winter night. So, does your family uh, do that, Sarah? We'll go around town looking for lights. Yes. Oh, yes. And I, just like you, I, I mean, fondly remember. Uh, knowing exactly where the lights were in the um, city that I grew up in and going to see them every year. And so I love this idea and concept and um, just knowing where they're all at. And there are some pretty significant yeah. displays yeah. in Fishers. Um, and it's a free activity. That's what I, you know, you're looking for something. You don't have to pre-schedule it. But yeah, there are some really impressive displays. The ones that have the choreograph to the music on the radio mm-hmm. where you tune into the station. <laughs> Those are my favorite. Yeah, the choreograph lighting uh, in sync with, yes. the, with uh-huh. the, it's hard to get that Very right, intricate. by the way. <laughs> you know, uh, not everybody knows how to do that. So if you do that well... That is a, that's definitely something to, that you want to try at one time and, and really yes. enjoy. So that's the Holiday Lights map. Uh, where do you find that? Um, so that will be online on uh, thisisfishers.com slash Fishers Lights. Okay, next we want to go to the Maker Playground, the art classes, workshops. I, is, I assume that's Sarah? Yes. But t- tell us about that. Yes, well, we have, you know, one of the benefits of being in Hub and Spoke and having um, the space there at the Maker Playground is we have some classroom space. And so that's not really something that we've had uh, available in the past to offer programming throughout the year. Uh, we focus on arts and STEM programming at Maker Playground, and we have a variety of opportunities that will be available now through uh, the end of the year for all ages. Um, some highlights are uh, we will have a make your own gift wrap uh, class. We'll also be doing some uh, textile classes with eco dyeing and um, custom card making. And then additionally, I want to give a shout out to uh, the Maker Playground because they've been offering a series of classes called Household Heroes. And uh, these have been very popular. Um, basically, the idea is to um, better equip home- homeowners with Um, the ability to take care of small projects that maybe you would call somebody to come do, like fixing a broken toilet or patching some drywall, um, to be able to empower the homeowners to learn how to do that. And um, so those series of classes are being offered right now as well, too. I could definitely use that. (laughs) Probably all of them you just mentioned I could use. My wife would probably want to go, too. She wouldn't (laughs) trust me to do it right. Um, so it's it's a, a holiday art classes and workshops. Check with the uh, Park and Recreation Department for more details on that. Is it all listed on your website right now? Correct. Playfishers.com. Excellent. Excellent. Next thing I want to talk about is the Story Walk. Story Walk has been around for a while. Uh, tell us uh, the background uh, and the history of Story Walk and what we're doing this year. You're right. Storywalk has been around for a couple of years now, maybe three or four, actually. Um, you know, 
I think I was maybe at a conference or heard about this this concept from another um, city, another district, and uh, we said, yeah, that would be great to do. It's a, a really nice passive activity, and we have partnered with um, the library, with um, Hamilton um, Hamilton East, East Public Library, <laughs> I, right yeah, where we're at right now, uh, to um, to partner on this program. And so they choose the books um, that we select. We have a new book every month, and uh, the location rotates around. So it gives the community a really great opportunity to see a new park and to um, you know read a story while you're there. And uh, I don't think we have any for November and December, but we do partner with the library to come and do a live reading. Um, so look out for that in the, some of the warmer months as well. Yes, yeah, something should be reserved for the warmer months. Um, <laughs> but Story Walk been around for a while, and I wanted to give you a chance to talk about that. I want to ask Sarah something else because when uh, when the mayor was explaining the events that are also called an arena, he mentioned all the different uses we could have. Like you know, gosh, there'll be a minor league hockey team in there. We can have you know sporting events involving our local high schools, graduations. But one thing he mentioned was we could have a year-round farmer's market in there. We could, which would be fantastic. So you would like, you, your, your face lit up when yes. I mentioned that, so you think yes. that's a good idea. I don't know that I heard him say that, but I'm definitely into the idea because one of the challenges we have with our award-winning farmer's market is when it gets colder, we don't have a location that can host the number of vendors that we'd like to have. So we've played around with having it at Holland Park. We tried to do the online market um, after you know during COVID and post and it still just isn't what we would like to do we'd love to have a big space that we could offer something year-round well and i know i went to the holland park uh, market and you did the best you could but it was difficult to get around mm-hmm. I mean, it was just only so much room in there and you don't have large spaces yes up to now but that arena or event center however you want to describe it would have the space for you to have an event like that so it would be uh, wonderful so you're even though you hadn't heard the mayor say it i did so <laughs> yes, at least you're perfect. open to the idea <laughs> Uh, um, another thing is, you know, Stephanie, we've, we've heard for several months now about uh, plans for a community center. Mm-hmm. Parks will be involved in that, mm-hmm. too. And uh, based on what the mayor said at his State of the City address, and he did show some renderings, as I mentioned earlier, uh, that there should be an announcement and a rollout of that. And mm-hmm. I know any delay has to do with the fact that we still, as a nation, are dealing with all sorts of problems in terms of the cost of materials, the cost mm-hmm. of everything, mm-hmm. uh, supply chain issues. So all that has to be considered. And, and you know, sometimes original estimates go up and you have, yeah. to, you have to change that. There's a wish list of what you want and there's then the list of what you can have. Yep. So I think that's the process you're going through now. Yeah. I mean, the same thing, State Road 37, thinking well. of uh, the 141st. So just making sure that um, we are being fiscally responsible. And also we want to make sure that when we do share information, we have things to share. Um, and so kind of just getting everything aligned. But I would say stay tuned. We're um, excited to share you know, the location of the community center and what will be included. And, you know, speaking of the community center, the art center, you mentioned City Hall Mm -hmm. is moving along. City Hall has been demoed if you haven't seen it. And um, we will start construction on that art center. And we're still planning on a spring 2024 opening. You know, uh, I was uh, very fortunate. I was invited to come in by the mayor 
and his staff was with him. Your boss was there, Ashley, mm-hmm. just to walk through the building one more time before it was yeah. demolished. And it was really something. Some people were kind of like saying, okay, bye. And there were a few tears. Some yeah. People had so many memories of that building. Both of you have spent time yeah. in that mm-hmm. building. It was obviously. sad. Yeah, I was sad. I mean, obviously very excited um, for the future of what it means for our community and our you know partnership with Indianapolis Art Center and the ability to have art classes and things like that, a performance space. But yeah, I was sad. That was my whole you know career at the City of Fishers was uh, in that building. So, but. I look forward to 2024. (laughs) The the new building is going to be very, very, very nice and very interesting from everything that that I have seen. Our time is up. Our our focus was the holiday season. Mm -hmm. We talked about a lot of other things. Sarah, anything you would like to add before we wrap this up? Uh, We look forward to seeing the community coming out for some of these events happening uh, between now and the end of the year. Stephanie, yeah. your shot. Um, same thing. I think also just reminding people, you know, um, there are ways to enjoy Fishers throughout the winter. So beyond just these uh, activities and special events, our parks um, are great winter destinations. So we have, you know, Flat Fork. We have the big sledding hill and Heritage uh Heritage Park, but just really get out and, you know, enjoy the trail in the winter. Um, They're still fun to be had. And uh, you could even do a strolling uh, holiday lights map walk if you wanted. So, you know, we really want to push our residents to um, enjoy our community throughout all the seasons. If what's recently happened in western New York is any indication, we may be in for a snowy winter. Mm -hmm. We don't know that, but obviously that would uh, pick up a lot of a lot of traffic, and, and some of those uh, sled hills are, I don't know if I'd want to do those. <laughs> yeah, Flat Fork's pretty steep. Flat I've never I've never done it, but. I am terrified. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure my kids would really enjoy it. Yeah, they'll enjoy it. Yeah. I, at my age, no, I, I, I was very brave as a young kid. I've lost that bravery, I think, as age comes on. Stephanie Perry is the uh, Assistant Director of Public Relations for the City of Fishers, Sarah Sanquist is uh, for the city's park and recreation department, the director of that department. Ladies, uh, always enjoy talking to you. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you. Thanks, Larry. Thanks for listening to the LarryInFishers.com podcast. If you like the podcast, please let others know. You can find it on most platforms where you go for podcasts. Just search using this phrase, Podcasts by Larry Lannan, L-A-N-N-A-N. Also, if you listen on a platform such as iTunes, please take a moment, rate and comment on my podcast series. So thanks for listening, and please be safe and be kind. Be kind.